it's been 40 years in the making, but this week some of us, most of us, perhaps all of us, here today at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern bore witness to an incredible set of concerts. Having been blessed, we have sent them on their way across Europe before they head to the Americas. And today, we the faithful, mostly faithful, okay, we don't like Hey You and we don't like Birthday Song, but otherwise faithful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, we the grateful and faithful, largely faithful, have been lucky enough to witness the most incredible set of concerts. And today we gather in, gather in front of effigies of the Holy Mother herself. Thanks, Peter, for the design. Uh, and give thanks to her, the Queen. She's not the only Queen here right now. But nonetheless, she is the Queen, the one, the only, the amazing... <laughs> Did, did you see her? Yes! Did anyone not see her? Right, uh, a few, okay, okay. I'm not counting on restricted view tickets. Um, <laughs> if you didn't see her, you will not feel alone today, and I'm going to bring on my guests, while the rest of you stand back and relax as we go inside the groove. First up, we have my co-host and the wonderful designer of everything we do, Peter Falloon. Next up, we have music journalist, the wonderful Nick Levine. And finally, we have a super fan from Australia, known simply like Cher, Kylie, or Madonna, Matt. I've broken my own rule, guys, by the way. I didn't put my microphone to, the, uh, to my chin, so remember you do that all the way through. I've just so, explained that bit. Okay. So uh, we're going to discuss what we thought of the tour. We'll try and get what you thought of the tour as well. I'm delighted, by the way, that we've got people from Rhino Records, Madonna's record label here today, who have given us some freebies. What should we do with these freebies? I, I don't honestly... The Madam X vinyl. Who, who would like this? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to generally hand these out, you know, willy-nilly, or oh, with my hands. Um, is that I've seen someone in the audience, I'm, sorry, there's someone specific I want to give it to, because this person went up to Stuart Price this week and said, do you know the podcast Inside the Group? And he said, <laughs> oh yes, I've listened to that one. Vito for doing that, thank you. I, I was going to ask, is there anyone here who didn't see her that we could make up for? And I want honesty. Would you like vinyl, finally enough love on vinyl? Vinyly enough love. <laughs> and we have someone here in stripy top. Come here, I can't, I, I'm not throwing them, these are valuable. <laughs> there we go. Congratulations to the rest of you for all managing Ticketmaster's nightmare. <laughs> This, 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 is, this is official merchandise. Uh, so thank you very much to the guys from Rhino Records. They, they told me they're reporting back to management. And we all know who management is. Okay, right, so to discuss the tour. Nick, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, you're, because probably you're the only one of us that can be vaguely described as famous outside of the Madonna world. Um, you've written about Madonna lots of these. You haven't yet interviewed her, have you? So Sadly not, not tell, yet. tell me what our, your connection is with Madonna and what you've written about over the years. Uh, I think I've probably reviewed every album since Hard Candy and every tour since 
sticky and sweet. So yeah, I've written about her a lot. Um, I think my favorite piece I've written about Madonna, I did a deep dive into the making of erotica where I spoke to Shep Pettibone, well, over email. He doesn't do anything else. Uh, Andre Betts. So yeah, I feel like I've, I've you know, paid my dues writing about Madonna. Brilliant. And of course, you saw this, but you saw on opening night, didn't you? I saw, I was very spoiled. I went Saturday and Sunday. Okay, we'll come to, we'll come to that in a moment. Uh, Matt, now tell us about yourself. You're a huge Madonna collector. Uh, tell, yeah. t- tell us about that and Madonna Australia and how you're here and everything. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm from obviously Australia, as everyone knows. Um, I run Madonna Australia with my friend Nicole. Um, so we've been doing that for about 10 years. And yeah, I'm a crazy collector. And yeah, it's all four shows. <laughs> so, so you've come over here to, to the UK uh, for two weeks. You've seen all four dates. You're doing a little stop-off trip in Paris at Lucky Records. Yeah, I'm going. I am literally going for the day just to buy Madonna stuff, which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like, it sounds ridiculous, but yeah, why not? Well, it's it's delightful. Uh, we're very pleased to have you here from Down Under. Thank you. I love your podcast. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You've been a great supporter over the years, so yeah, yeah. so I appreciate it, Peter. Yeah. There's somebody missing, isn't there? You are? There's somebody missing. Where's Jonathan? I think he didn't want to turn up because you slut-shamed him so much. <laughs> Tell us the real reason he's not here. Um, uh, between the three of us, none of us has, like, an office job, so it was going to happen eventually, but basically, Jonathan got a better offer. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a much better offer, though. So he's working in L.A., he is doing a fashion photo shoot in LA, so he could have been in a room here with you guys, but he somehow chose that. Well, who said that? You get, <laughs> you get that, you get that for that brilliant idea. Shall we zoom him in? You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> yes, we will be zooming him in if I'm capable. If we're going to try and zoom into LA, and we might be, tr- we might try and zoom in somewhere else as well. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Okay, so, so the tour. I'm going to be positive. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I loved it. I mean, I'm going to give my opinion of it because, I, 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 you know, I love to share it and stuff like that. What I am going to say at the top is we had not very good seats. And what was frustrating is that the, the view was great, but because of the way that Ticketmaster puts up prices when everybody goes to look at it, we ended up paying £350 for seats that were... Everyone around us had probably only spent about £120. And so we had Sharon from Accounts there. We had... And, and, we had, and her husband. And her husband who, who was didn't waiting... Give a sh- he was just... He was waiting for... No swearing. He was just waiting for Can't Get You Out My Head. Um, <laughs> and and the, what was really frustrating is like the bit where... Live to Tell comes on and, you know, there's that massive picture of Martin Burgoyne. And I had somebody in front of me going, Jeff! Jeff, do you want a pint? <laughs> Jeff! And you're, you're, you're like, okay, just let it go and stuff like that. And you're, you're trying to watch it and you're thinking, I don't think Jeff needs another pint, you know? No. And it's like, so, so no. that kind of took us out of it. The, me, Jonathan uh, and Peter and, and my gorgeous husband who you met on the door. He's the door bitch on Madonna. Uh, <laughs> we, we all sat together and we, we kind of, what was good about in a way, if that makes sense, is we kind of had a different experience because we were observing the crowd a bit. So that's kind of where our yeah. viewpoint comes from. But, you know, on the whole, well, no, it, it was incredible. It's definitely one of her best tours. There's so much I love. I, I really loved the opening with Nothing Really Matters. I really loved having Bob the Drag, drag Queen start it off because I think, I think Madonna popping out on her own would have been uh, amazing. But that re, that re, yeah, yeah, it kind of like leveled us a bit. 
Oh, that was incredible. There's so much I really enjoyed. Burning up, uh, bad girl. Ah, oh, okay. Um, I, 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 yeah, and I'm not a fan of Die Another Day. I loved Die. I loved her witchy pilgrim outfit for Die Another Day. Yeah. That, that was that was fantastic. I mean, there was nothing I didn't like. I, I think, like many people out there, I think that the ending, I'm sure, will get revised. Yeah. It just needed one more banger, I think. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she was cut on some, but I think, I think on the Wednesday night, she did the full show as rehearsed. Stuart Price has done an interview with Billboard recently, which is pornographic as far as I'm concerned, uh, where he talks about multi-track takes and stuff like that. But he did say that London is getting the rehearsed version and that we all know that she refines things as she goes along. Um, so, I, yeah, a banger at the end, a lucky star, or, or, or what have you. Slightly frustrated, she will never do the proper version of Like a Prayer. She is averse to doing that original version. I don't know why. I think it's because she knows I want it so much. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, and I could have done with one less of the seven versions of Justify My Love that we had. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, I, you know, we know because of, of her health why she's not moving so much but she more than compensated for it with her voice. I, I, what, what is amazing is 40 years into her career, her voice probably sounded better than it ever has before. Incredible. And yeah, there's a bit of like double tracking going on as, as, as Mariah has as well, you know, to give her a bit of support. There was the, the uh, very good, somebody just said who? Um, uh, the erotic and Justify My Love talky bits were, were mimed. That's absolutely fine. She was singing live uh, for so much of it. In, in particular, I Will Survive sounded fantastic. I never thought I would enjoy that much. To have that intimate moment where you're just looking at her and her guitar and the stage, absolutely incredible, impeccable. I really want to go and see the show again. Hopefully, hopefully I won't have to take Sharon from accounts this time. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to work out how I can save up £700 to buy a ticket. <laughs> um, well, let's give away something, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's this? An 180-gram vinyl of Like a Virgin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, T-shirts uh, getting in the way. We're going to have to go deeper than the front row. Exactly. But for those listening on the podcast, I'm just currently holding up the best record ever made. It's, it's a copy of, of Like a Prayer. <laughs> oh my God, the only woman in the building got a record. Some, somebody at the back, come forward. No, you're not at the back. Somebody from the back, come forward. I'm looking. Come on. Oh, okay then, there you go. For the benefit of listeners of the podcast, I'm just giving out uh, vinyls here, there and everywhere. Um, so Nick, I, 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 what I particularly want to know, because we talked about your, um, how you've written a lot about Madonna as an LGBT icon and uh, what that's meant to the community, and I know you write for people at like Attitude, etc. I'm assuming that that whole holiday into Live to Tell moment was really special for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously on opening night, no one knows what's going to happen. And so when she came to the end of holiday and you see the dancer kind of fall to the floor and she covers him with her coat, I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? And then when she went into Live to Tell and uh, you saw Martin McGoin's face come down on a attracting screen, it was like, honestly, I had goosebumps. I think, I've been thinking about it a lot in the last week. I think it's probably the most moving thing I've ever seen on stage. Uh, I think it's, it's, the whole show is absolutely incredible, but that for me is, is the highlight. It's just her vision, execution, uh, emotional connection is just unparalleled in that moment. And I know we shouldn't um, 
pay too much attention to some nasty people online, but there's always a bit of a backlash about Madonna as a gay icon and saying things that she's appropriated stuff, etc. I mean, that was a real proof that she was there and oh. she was part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who thinks that Madonna's a queer beta is chatting absolute shit. Um, I think if every cisgender female pop star, she's done more than than any of them and her whole career is rooted in the queer community and you, you see that in the way she pays it back in, in that moment and other moments in the show I mean you know she made made a point to include you know transgender rights messages uh, in, in her video clips which again like not everyone would do so yeah I, I think that moments you know art pure art uh, for me in that sequence of all the faces that came down it was Christopher Flynn who was her teacher, mentor, early friend, the first person to tell her that she was beautiful. And he looked so happy and smiley. And um, I think they played in some notes from uh, In This Life, which she wrote for him, mm. uh, and Martin Burgoyne as well. And uh, I, I wonder if she was thinking, hey, I hope you're looking at this. I haven't forgotten you. I'm just, I'm getting moved. She hadn't forgotten any of them. And when all those other pictures come up, it's just incredible. Thank you, Madonna. On the... On the off chance that you're listening to this, we're Stuart. Uh, we, we, we see you seeing us and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is an emotionless cold fish. So this is quite impressive. I could cry like that. Uh, no, I think on the internet I was called a um, aging Madonna bore who's, she, who's grifted off her for 20 years. Oh no, I definitely put a comma in. <laughs> I was deeply offended. It's at least 23 years I've been grifting off her. Anyway, um, Matt, uh, you saw the girly show 30 years ago when, when she was in, in Australia. Yeah. I did. I did yeah. uh, so, so, you know, you've seen, you've seen so much. It was actually, so this one was um, amazing for me only because I'm absolutely obsessed with erotica and the girly show. So for me to see the um, see erotica like directly in front of me 30 years later is amazing. So the show I saw in Brisbane 30 years ago, she actually wore the erotica boots the whole show because of rain. So it was, that wow. was interesting. So, but yeah, like my, the highlight of mine was like erotica, justify my love, bad girl, hung up, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every, oh come on! Just choose, just choose one song that's not erotica that was your favourite. Okay, bedtime story. Just yeah. because I never, I never thought she would do that again. And just to watch the guy come over in the thing and then do the, like just her on top and just there were live vocals. She missed the cue on the Tuesday night, so that was like confirmation she's singing, she's singing live, live and beautifully. So yeah. yeah, that was one. That's probably like my biggest thing. Yeah, so and the opening as well. Yeah. Um, Madonna's got a huge history of association with Australia. Um, she does, yeah. Uh, back to her very first single, Everybody, I think, was... Uh, we got... Uh, first single we got was Burning Up. And oh, then, okay, and okay. It sort of flopped, and then Holiday became a hit, and then Burning Up was re-released, and yeah, all through from there. So See, I we've thought had I was... two tours there in that time. I said that because <laughs> I thought it was doing a sim seamless link to... to oh, okay. <laughs> to giving so, away a, a copy of vinyl of Everybody. All right. <laughs> Who misses Jonathan the most? <laughs> Peter, now that you've got now that you've got over Ticketmaster, I don't think I'll ever get over Ticketmaster. It's like that bit in Ab Fab where she's trying to put the code in, and we're all making the tickets more expensive for each other. 
What was your What were your highlights? And because you 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 come to music differently from me, I think you you see it as a whole object, don't you? I listen to the individual elements. And it's really weird when people are talking about lip syncing and what's live. It's like I don't care. If that's Madonna. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, so I don't hear that, but I do like see it holistically. Um, I'm still processing it. There were some bits that I loved. There were some bits that I didn't understand. Um, I, it is a show that you need to see twice. And I think it's... I, I go back to other tours, and it's like there are bits that I don't love about other tours. There are bits about this tour that I didn't get. But I loved... It was a celebration that only Madonna could do. So I went there thinking, oh, it's a red background, it's pop music, it's going to be like the celebration that the white wine mums are going to enjoy, which <laughs> I, I can get on board with. But to be, like, I'm going to say it, to be confronted or affronted by what is her celebration. So it was a celebration of the macabre, it was a celebration of darkness, it was a celebration of light. I sound like I'm making that speech on the pulpit about the Pope. <laughs> My show is an act. Um, but I do keep going back to that. It, I'm, God, what are we, 40 years in, and I'm still challenged. So I, I can't take away from that for me to have watched a show and for it not to be what I wanted, but to be what I got and come away thinking, that was awesome, but not at all in the way that I thought it would be. I, I thought the set list was really clever because it had enough of those, like the really huge hits for Sharon from Accounts, but it had <laughs> hits, fan hits like Bad Girl. Like to me, that's a hit, but it, it might not be for Sharon. So I thought the set list was really kind of, re actually very cleverly done. When, the more I thought about it. I feel like it was listened to. So previous, like <laughs> the idea of a greatest hits tour by Madonna, it wasn't, but it was our greatest hits. So even like, I'm going to be there at the beginning. It's like, I recognise that. What do I recognise it from? And it takes you 10 minutes to work it out. But yeah, so clever. And like something like Die Another Day, which I know is a bit of a polarising song. Like I've got some of my uh, work colleagues are about 10 years younger than me, so they're like 30. And that for them is a massive hit because they remember it from the time. So they loved the fact that she did that. That was like a highlight for them, which, you know, maybe it wouldn't be for everyone. So like, again, I feel like she kind of covered all bases in quite a smart way. Without a doubt. Did you get much merchandise this week, uh, Matt? <laughs> uh, I did. I did buy a lot of a lot of stuff. So I don't want to say how much I've spent, but I've <laughs> bought a lot of stuff. So how much have you spent on excess luggage going back to Australia? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to say that. I, pa I packed. I packed really light because I knew I'd be buying a lot of stuff. So yeah. But the merchandise has been really like uplifted. Like it's really, really good merch. It's been fun. and, and yeah. so. you know the embracing of, of the past has been there in the merchandise as yeah. well. It's just been fantastic. But if you watch the show, there's like just all the references, like um, obviously doing the original Into the Groove Virgin tour moves and stuff like that. Open your heart, skip from the Who's That Girl tour. Like there's a lot of really uh, like good references all the way through it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. have you guys seen online, there's somebody, the, the moment where the blonde ambition Madonna is behind her and doing the hand movements. Have you seen somebody compare that to the original yeah, yeah, blonde yeah. ambition? It's just, just astounding, it's astonishing. I was front row for that section, I was like, holy sh**. That's <laughs> crazy. We've given up not swearing, haven't we? Yeah, I'm sorry, be, no, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's I'm, okay. A, I'm Australian, we swear. <laughs> it's so. your normal language. Would you say it's your favorite tool? Um, it's actually my favourite of the tours I've seen live this century. So yeah, absolutely. Like it's actually, <laughs> it's actually, it is for me. It's like literally, yeah, 
like of all her tours of this century, the best since Confessions for me. Yeah. And you saw tears. You saw tears of a clown, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. That was a very very late night. If <laughs> that was like a one a.m. start or something. Um, Peter, do you not think you should be um, trying to see if uh, we can? Can you arouse Jonathan? I will arouse Jonathan. (laughs) Okay, we're going to try something technical here. Oh, it's going to be a mess. If it go, if it goes wrong, just be forgiving in the way that we are forgiving of Madonna's technical problems. Uh, We we are going to try our best. So what you're going to have to do is give me the thumbs up when we need to move out of the way because the screen's going to come down. Do make sure Jonathan is fully clothed. We want Jonathan fully clothed. (laughs) Um, Okay, Nick, you're so positive about Madonna all the time. What was the moment that perhaps you think you'd like to see revised going forward? Uh, the only thing I would chop from the show is the uh, Michael Jackson mashup interlude. Uh, oh, no. Uh, only I think whatever you think of that of that choice thematically, I think it looks a bit cheaply executed, and it's the only moment in the show that does look cheap to me. So I, I'd get rid of that. I mean, I think that was a moment for Sharon from accounts, not yeah. for me. Yeah. I, love, I actually cried the first night when I oh, saw it. Oh really? That. Yeah, I loved it. Well, loved yes. It. Yeah, I mean, that, it, I think I, I, I get what she's trying to do. It was a cute thing to kind of bring the king and queen of pop together but I wish it was done in a slightly more um, imaginative way, maybe. (laughs) Who wants a vinyl? This is is apparently an album called Erotica. Okay, okay, this guy's got an Erotica t-shirt on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm going to try and throw a t-shirt. This is going to be the gayest throw you've ever seen. Here we go. Woo! Oh. It worked. It works. Should it's, we move out of the way? We might have to move out of the way, yeah. Okay, guys, do you want to stand back? So we are now going to go. Who have we got? Who have we got coming up on the screen? Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have got Stefan from MLVC. And we have got Jonathan all the way in LA. <laughs> Guys, can you hear us? We can. Oh, we, we can hear you. <laughs> this is, this is really exciting. Um, we've, got, so we've been throwing vinyls out to the audience and everything, and they've been very excited. Sorry, vinyl. I got told off on the internet for calling it vinyls this week, which is grammatically correct. So listen, um, can we lose that chat button on the screen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we behaved ourselves. <laughs> that was a good one. So, Jonathan, you were with us when we saw uh, her on Tuesday night, and we talked about how we didn't have the best seats, but we had a fantastic experience. You, you were like a virgin. This is your very first tour. What were your thoughts? I mean, uh, expectations were high, as you can imagine, having absorbed all of the visuals from previous tours over the years and longed to have been there. And luckily, my expectations were matched. I mean, we had such a brilliant time. And even though you say our seats weren't great, I think, uh, you know, you can't really have a bad seat in that house or maybe you can. But I don't feel like we had really a bad seat because, you know, the, the way it's staged for a sort of all-encompassing in every angle means that you can really truly get an experience no matter where you're at. And uh, I mean, I just thought it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, and Stefan, in theory, you should have seen it already by now, but because of um, bacterial infections, you didn't. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what, I, um, it's good. 
I, I still I have I still have to look forward to uh, I'm seeing it next month in Paris. Wow. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I was I was I was completely envious. I had FOMO happening left and right. I, I felt like everyone and their mother went to see the opening weekend in London, except for me. I was like, how did everyone get to go to this? <laughs> But you've been doing a great job of on your podcast, uh, doing live or on YouTube, doing stuff every after every gig, haven't you? Um, and for those yeah, I've that been don't, trying to, I, I thought I felt for opening weekend it'd be fun to sort of just see what the the reaction was and get some people. And uh, I mean, it was late for them. It was it was normal hours for me, but it was it was super late for them. And uh, I got a, I got to see a live stream as well. But after that, I was like, no more. I don't want to see anything else. That's the thing, is I sought out spoilers before and I couldn't stop it, I couldn't help myself, even on the night of the first, I had to see it. And do you know what, I wish I hadn't, I really wish I hadn't, because I know, I know it, was, I, it would have been so much better, but you just can't help it, can you? You just, you just feel obliged. And Stefan, also, for those guys that don't li listen to the MLVC uh, podcast, it is incredible. What did you do recently? Oh, you got together all of the key people from the Gurley show 30 years on. Yeah, we that was a an uphill climb trying to manage all of their schedules. But yeah, we were able to reunite um, all of the dancers, uh, Nikki, Donna, a, a bunch of the band members. It was great. It was it was fun to have them all together. It, I knew it wouldn't. The the heavy lift for me was getting them all there. But af otherwise, once they were all together, it, it was just them chatting and reminiscing. There was so much love in that Zoom. They were just so happy to see each other and. They, you know, because not all of them had been together since the last night of the show. So they, really, I mean, ind individually, they've they've been together uh, here or there. But for the most part, it was it was a lot of love. They were they were. I have a feeling you'll see them get together on their own at some point in the future. So, having seen spoilers or being aware of them, what do you think you're most looking forward to seeing when you finally get to watch the show in Paris next month? I'm. I'll be uh, my first night in Paris. I'll be front row, so I am dying to see the opening number. I think nothing really matters; just looks epic and amazing. And I don't know, Edward, did you see the? Um, I think one of the accounts posted a video of her right before she's about to go up, and they're no. like prepping her. Oh, it's amazing! I love the behind-the-scenes stuff where you can sort of see her process before she starts the performance, Madonna. And it's, I think it was Madonna Licious. I forget who posted it on the account, but uh, it's a video of someone must have taken it from the side and it's her, they're adjusting her dress while Bob is introducing her. And then you can see her just take that final breath and then the, wow. the circle starts to spin her around. It's just a wonderful moment. I love wow. that stuff. I, I, yeah, I'll have to check that. I, I imagine somebody's checking. She hasn't got spinach on her teeth or, <laughs> or, or something like yeah. that. That's so cool. Jonathan, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you. Uh, we've got, first of all, we've got a vinyl here of finally enough, to give, um, enough love to give away. And I want you to set a question, okay, that the person who gets the right answer can win this from me. What is your question? I haven't prepared you, sorry. Think of thing of thing. Oh my God. <laughs> you sprung on me. What is your question? Um... Oh, he's so pretty. Oh, he is so pretty, isn't he? Maybe something about the album or the artwork or... What's Madonna's middle name? I see the guy in the white t-shirt back there. Yeah, you. You, come hey, forward. You. Come forward. 
So, Jonathan, if you feel put on the spot, all I'm going to say is everybody's looking at you with doughy eyes right now. <laughs> I can't, I find I can't, that hard to believe, but it's very kind of you to say. It's very, very true. And I can't believe you'd rather be on a photo shoot in, in LA than be with us today in the RVT. I mean, it was a very hard decision to make, I have to be honest. I mean, <laughs> like, the sunshine, it's 30 degrees, I'm like, why can't I be in London? <laughs> Listen, guys, thank you so much for making this happen. And we'll catch up with you both soon. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that kind of worked, didn't it? Oh, my God, it's the last T-shirt. There is other stuff to give out, so... All right. Hey, you already had one. You already had one. Come on. <laughs> Confessions on vinyl. <laughs> we have only one other album to give away. Listen, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about your. Grab a seat. I want to ask you more about your collection, uh, Matt. Um, do you know how many items you've got, approximately? Um, so the collection takes up a full room. It's thirty-six years into it. So yeah. It's in it's, your parents' house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't actually live with it because I live in an apartment and it also is important that I'm not with it all the time, so... Um, but yeah, it's, um, I've never lost anything at least, like, because it's all in the one room since then, but yeah. My mum won't even it's let huge. me it's keep the... Hey? My mum won't even let me keep the box in the attic. No. But I what, know, um, it's just like, I pay for her internet, so like, that's a good deal. So. How, how, do, how do your parents feel about the collections? They treat it quite reverentially. Um, the room's actually locked down in the dark all the time, so it's actually not... They don't, they don't see it. They don't... Um, like, my nephew will go in there and just doesn't give a shit. Doesn't care. Doesn't know what it is. Tells me I spent all my money on what, it. What's, what's your favourite item? Um, probably the really hard to find stuff, like the original shop displays from the 80s and 90s were really, like, rescuing them back when I was a kid, and yeah, like all the girly show stuff and all that sort of stuff, yeah, it's the I, most stuff. I have to ask you a question, because we come at it from completely different angles, so I'm yep. intrigued. I only own the things that I find beautiful. There's a lot that's not beautiful. Is it your desire to have a collection that is absolutely completist or? Um, I'm completist from music formats. So music formats, uh, promotional displays, but I'm not, like I won't buy makeup. I won't buy like anything that doesn't appeal to me. So, so. for something like hard candy where like for me, I know that that didn't go to plan. Okay, so. So do you, do you yeah, make so room I have for? The, I have the vinyls, the promo posters, all the promotional material. Is it my favorite album cover? No. Like, absolutely not, but it's like, but yeah, if you, you have to own it. Would we, or I say we, <laughs> would you ever be able to chase down something like the original reprographics from how that album was supposed to look? Because it went quite far into production before it got changed. Uh, I, that sort of stuff is hard to find. Like, I will track down printer proofs and things like that from the 80s and 90s, like that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, things like that, too hard to find. Yeah. If you do, I'll go half. You can have, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, so, but yeah. But my mum won't let me keep it in the attic. <laughs> and, and I know you won't give too much away, but what do you think might be one of the most expensive items you've got? 
I've got, um, I do have some one-of-a-kind things and I do have some really, like obviously rare CDs, vinyls, things like that. Like I've got CD singles worth the equivalent of about 800 pounds each and I've got, um, like the, I guess like the girly show display stands for the gold tour CDs, I've been offered sort of the equivalent of about 2,000 pounds for one of them and I've said no because I will never find them again, so, and they're a set in my head, so. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have um, the Madonna music album on vinyl? I do. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought I might have something he didn't have. Oh, um, come along. Okay, way. what's it worth to you? Canada. Oh, he's come from Canada. I think that's make pretty it, good. It. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, listen, uh, we, have some, we have Matt from Rhino Records here who's got some more stuff to give out as well. Do not bother him about when the re-releases are coming out. He's probably not going to tell you. <laughs> but he might, so I don't know. We, we, we shall see. They're coming. Um, can I, Nick, can I ask you, because um, you've been a fan since the beginning, I think, or you weren't quite born then? Have I got that right? Uh, I was probably born when she was starting out, yeah. Okay, okay. So what, what was the song that hooked you on to being a Madonna fan? Uh, it was probably Papa Don't Preach. Like, my dad actually, like, when I hear about, like, people, you know, talking about what their parents listened to growing up, and they say, oh, my dad loved Queen, the Rolling Stones, my dad listened to the Immaculate Collection on loop, so... Wow. It was probably like, yeah, Papa Don't Preach, I think the string intro really hooked me. So, that, yeah, it's my dad who kind of got me into Madonna, actually. Wow. <laughs> An ally. Uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Favourite Madonna song? Oh, if I had to name one? Oh, it's too Ooh. hard. I mean, let's say, because she doesn't do it on the tour, Deeper and Deeper. Okay. Okay. Matt, favourite Madonna song? Uh, probably Like a Prayer, just because that's the, yeah, yeah that's the one for me. But favourite other Madonna song is Erotica. Has yours, so. yeah. Has yours changed? What's yours at the moment? We, we were put to the test. Yes. But um, because I feel things, um, <laughs> Holiday still makes my nipples go hard. <laughs> okay. Do I need to edit out the word nipples from the podcast? I'm not sure I do. It's, it was uh, what I, you, said about, you said about spoilers. It was like, I'm enjoying this a lot, but I know what's coming next. So it's like, it's, still, it's always going to be my favourite, one of my favourite songs, but it put it in a different light. Understood, understood. So, we, so those of you that come regularly know that we have a thing called the Madonometer, where we try and work out from your reaction a favourite or what have you. Matt, Matt from Rhino, listen now. So... Uh, I'm going to ask you, one of you guys, each of you guys, to say um, a song that was performed or the performance. We'll try and work out what they think was the most favourite performance. So, Matt, do you want to go first? Uh, bedtime Story. <laughs> Pretty good reaction. Peter? Like a Prayer. Okay. Uh, uh, Ray of Light. <laughs> Nick? Uh, Live to Tell. Okay, okay, one more, one more, one more. Nothing really matters. Oh, I think Live to Tell won that, yeah. Okay, I, th I, think, I think that's a, that's a worthy winner. Nothing Really Matters was ballsy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, if you could have picked any song, I never would have picked that, but yeah, it was so right. Yeah. Yeah. Audacious, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask everyone to sum up uh, what their feelings are on, on Madonna, Madonna and the tour itself. I'm going to say something because, um, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but I know there's a lot of long-term fans out there who in recent years, um, through COVID, maybe going back as far as Madame X, have said they don't recognise Madonna anymore. And I'm not talking about 
filters and all that. I've heard people say that's not the person that it was, that she it doesn't feel like her. And I do get, when you think of the, those Sick Kick remixes and some of the other stuff she's done, I get what they're saying. I feel this week that she's back. That's, that's, and I, I, she's always been here, but she's, she's definitely back now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nick, do you want to sum up your feelings? Yeah, I just feel like this show, it, in the same way the Blonde Ambition kind of reinvented the Pop Arena show, I think this has reinvented the way that, uh, I mean, I hate this term, but like a legacy artist will perform a greatest hit show because it's not like something we've seen before. And I think in, in subsequent years, we'll see other kind of artists of uh, Madonna's kind of generation doing kind of shows that are broadly like this in that they are greatest hit shows, but there's so much more and they're kind of basically like, I think I, I describe the show as like Madonna grappling with her legacy in real time. And that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. Peter. Um, it's sort of riffing off um, what you've already said, but it's the fact that she is peerless. So she stood out there as a pioneer like we, we got moments of Prince, we got moments of Michael Jackson, we got moments of all of her contemporaries who are gone. So this is a concert of greatest hits by a 65 year old woman and no one else has ever done it. Do you think she'll do Glastonbury? There's a lot of rumors that she might do Glastonbury. Oh. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, okay, okay. Matt. You know, you're such a big fan. I'd love to know what you, your, your feelings taking away from this are. Uh, so my, I guess my feelings are it was, I think it was the first time that she's been truly retrospective. Like we didn't get any reinvented stuff really. It was all the original um, stems and things like that. So that was um, amazing. And all the, I guess all the self-reference stuff. And for a lot of fans, um, I think after Madame X, uh, the Madame X tour, this has sort of been a healing experience for them to return back to the Madonna we know and seeing her, seeing her celebrate her legacy, which she had sort of obviously avoided for so many years, has been really amazing. So, yeah. Um, and also, a, a big shout out for the incredible musical direction by Stuart Price. Yeah. 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 Incredible. He, he ticked all of my boxes. Well, he can tick more of them if he likes, but you know, he... Sonically, it was just an, an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, that's it. We want you to dance and sing and get up and do your thing. What was that? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no. Shout out for all of Madonna's children. I'm going to shout out for Mercy. A beautiful young person and what a talented pianist. Uh, a shout out for Esther, come on. A shout out for Stella. Uh, we had Lola on the opening night, shout out for her. Oh, and David, that moment. That was, that was truly beautiful. And yeah. Rocco too. He he was there in spirit. He he's, just like, he's got a hot dad. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So so guys, um, I'm going to let you know about our next event because it's quite soon, and you might be wondering why we're doing another one soon. We hope that you'll all be there because we are working in conjunction with the World AIDS Day, which as you know takes place on the first December, um, on, on a string of events leading up to the first December. So we're back here on the 25th of um, 
November, uh, same sort of time. Now, this is an official collaboration with the National AIDS Trust uh, charity. All profits from door sales, etc., will be going to the um, National AIDS Trust. Um, we'll be discussing Madonna's activism and personal response to losing close friends and collaborators to AIDS. Actually, Nick, I'd love it if you could be part of the panel because I know that's something that's close Absolutely, to you. Absolutely, if you'd like me. Thank you, thank, sure. you thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, we're, we're going to change things up a bit and we're going to be exploring reasons why Madonna has, was so incredibly brave during the 80s and 90s when others weren't. And as those of you who know the, the Like a Prayer episode, I, I completely say that I am here today because of what she did. Um, we would... Um, we would like to raise money for a brilliant course, so please come. Uh, we're going to have a raffle. We're going to have some really interesting things that you would be able to possibly win in that raffle. And if Rhino Records want to let us have anything else that, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is all this money it will be going to the National AIDS Trust. Um, as well as the discussion, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to have a bit of cabaret sort of thing as well, which is very exciting. We are also going to have Madonna Karaoke. <laughs> So you guys get a chance to sing your favourite Madonna hits. Not me. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a jukebox of like original versions for you to sing to. So whether whether you sing like Madonna in Evita or Madonna at Eurovision, you can do it. <laughs> Sorry, Rhino Records. I ain't changing my show for no one. <laughs> Um, tickets are on sale now. Their early bird tickets are available now at outsavvy.com. Please come along on the 25th of November. It's a really important thing. There'll be more information coming, and we hope to have uh, more talk about what we, you can expect to have. But for now, I'd like to thank all my guests, Peter, Nick, and Matt. I'd like to thank everybody that we've thanked already. But most of all, I'd like to thank Madonna for, for doing it. You did it. You did it, girl.